Welcome to the Westside Investors Network. Win your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. Just a quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any shares or securities, make or consider any investments or take any other action. And now, AJ and Chris Shepard. Hello, and welcome to the Westside Investors Network. This year, we're launching a new segment on the show, The Deal Deep Dive. These are mini episodes where our featured guests will share their unique stories on a specific deal they've participated in. We will go deep on all aspects of the deal, from finding it to making the offer, due diligence, and more. Do us a solid and smash that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and further your investing journey. Welcome to the Westside Investors Network Deal Deep Dive. Today we have John Dessauer from the Anton Agency. He's the CCO of the Dessauer Group. And today we're going to be chatting about one of his deals. John, what have you got for us? Well, thanks for having me. You know, I think the deal that I'd like to go over here is a 90 unit property that I had purchased in a town, uh, it's Lafayette, Indiana, where Purdue University is located there. And it was probably my most unique deal to date, even though I've done other deals similar to that. At that point, it was a pretty large deal for me, but it was also unique with what I did with it. What specifics do you want to know first? Yeah, absolutely. So how did you find the deal and what made you interested in the Lafayette market? I do like college towns. I think that college towns over the last decade have had a housing shortage. And when there's a, you know, supply doesn't keep up with demand, that's usually a good foundation for a business or for a real estate investment. So I was looking in college towns at that time for that. This deal was brought to me by a real estate agent, a commercial real estate agent which again, I'm understanding that I'm buying retail at that point, you know, rather than wholesale, not wholesaling as far as the real estate technique, but wholesaling as far as pricing. And so I found that through a commercial agent, Marcus and Millichap is a national commercial firm. And that's where the deal came through. Well, I'm assuming it was a value add deal. That's what we have been chatting quite a bit about. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, value add. And it wasn't the value add that was marketed to me. It was the value add that I brought a different strategy that I kind of coined and created that made all the difference with that deal. And pretty much every, I can't think of one deal that I've done in my career that I haven't looked at as far as value add. Can you tell us about the strategy? It's top secret, AJ. I would tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, so I do this technique and strategy. And this is, I've worked with a lot of clients with this as well. I term it for the lack of a better term, divide and conquer. And so what I do is I go in and I look specifically for assets that are built a certain way from the developer standpoint. This all started with an eight unit 
that I bought, that I purchased, or that I went through this process with, and I turned the eight unit into two four units. And you would think, well, John, why are you doing that? Well, I'm doing that because an eight unit is valued using something called the income capitalization approach, where you take the net operating income, divide it by the market cap rate, and you get the value. Four units and under is where I take a different valuation approach. A bank is going to do a different valuation approach, an appraiser is going to do a different valuation approach. And that's called the sales comparison approach. In other words, what are the four units that have sold in this marketplace that have similar characteristics and amenities? And what's the value of those? And so when you do that strategy, depending on the market, you can get a lot more per unit when you switch the valuation approach. And so that's what I did with this property in Lafayette, Indiana. And I was able to take the property and go from a purchase price of 3.15 million for 90 units. Now, this was some time ago. And <laughs> I turned it into 5.6. And so was it a garden style apartment that you were able to split the lots? Or did you turn it into, I guess, multiple, like 10 to 20 unit complexes? What was the details on this particular property? So what was interesting is they were 90 units, 45 duplexes, and they were all on one tax parcel. So when they sell those and they sell that, they have to sell it on the income capitalization approach. So when I purchased it, I went in and brought in a surveyor and resurveyed the property as 45 individual duplexes. And so each one of those duplexes as a duplex is going to have a different valuation than the whole property as an income capitalization approach. Think of the sum of its parts are greater than its whole. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying before, but in a sense, that's what I did there. And that's what I do on this technique when I implement it. And it works really well in markets like now where the residential market is through the roof and it's just a different way of evaluating. I'm just using the bank's rules that are put forth on what dictates a five units and over income capitalization approach and four units and under and the valuation systems that are tied to each one of those. Very, very interesting. So when you were purchasing this deal, how did you underwrite it? How did you, I guess, arrive at the $3.1 million price? So when I'm underwriting a property, I always want to make sure that I have safety nets. And I always want to make sure, just like a fireman, fire person these days, I guess we need to say, that you know, when there's a fireman going into a burning building, they always want to have at least two ways out. I look at my real estate investments the same way. Do I have two ways as an exit strategy out of here? So when I'm implementing this divide and conquer technique, that's one exit strategy. Another exit strategy would be, hey, does the property cash flow based on the purchase price and based on the loan that I'm putting on this deal? So I wanna make sure that that happens. Then I also wanna make sure if I can't divide it, what can I do if I have to keep it in this mode of income capitalization approach to drive the NOI? Can I raise rents? Can I lower expenses in certain ways? And so that might be a third exit strategy to really drive that NOI so that 
you know, it increases cash flow, increases value, and maybe I have a sale down the road. There's four or five exit strategies that I look at. It's refinance, it's sale, it's bringing in an equity partner per se, that's three. It is selling with a 1031 exchange, taking the equity and putting into a like-kind property, or number five might be a combination of those. So I'm looking at all those things when I'm underwriting a property. I'm understanding what my exit strategy is even before I buy it. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Get things done while you're on the move. Learn more about working with a virtual assistant through offsite professionals. It's a great way to get all the things done that you need to get done. Have freedom in your time and streamline your life by automating your business. Stop spending time on the tasks that you can delegate and start spending more time on your superpower. Call us today at 503-446-3177 or visit our website at offsiteprofessionals.com. Very interesting. And so what was, I guess, the negotiations like and you know, before you closed and what type of bank loan did you get throughout the process? Yeah. So this is really, really interesting. I remember going to the closing table and the person I was buying this from was Deep Pockets, $70 million probably net worth. Matter of fact, one of the local high schools had the stadium named after him. Kind of guy. (laughs) I have no stadiums named after me. None whatsoever. I don't even have a name. I don't even have a name tag on my door here at the office, but (laughs) I remember I really liked the strategy of something called an 80-10-10. And this has changed over the decades, but an 80-10-10 means 80% bank financing, 10% seller financing, and 10% down payment. You have to understand the market that you're in. You have to understand the seller and why they're selling and all this stuff. But let's say that we go with that. We did an 80-10-10, and I had a relationship with a bank at the time, a banker in particular. That's really important to strike those relationships with your small regional banks so they understand your strategies, your experience. And as you grow, you may have to change some of those banking relationships because you outgrow them or they change or the lenders there leave and go to another bank. There's all kinds of things that happen. But I was able to get an 80-10-10 organized on the purchase and sale agreement. But the other thing that was interesting is my bank Because the debt service coverage ratio, which is a formula that we use, which is basically the net operating income divided by the annual debt service, because that was so strong, one of the things I told my banker, I said, listen, this covers debt so well. Would you guys consider going to 85% instead of 80? I'm looking at this other bank and that's what they're talking about. So in other words, what I just did with there was I created competition amongst my banks, but I also conveyed the fact that I understand how important it is for them that I knew it's important to have a good, healthy debt service coverage ratio going into that deal. Well, that's exactly what happened. It went from 85, 10, 5. I only had to put down 5%. And when you start adding the credits that you get at closing, it dropped my down payment minuscule. So 10% would have been, you know, 300 and call it 10,000, let me round up, 300, maybe 15,000. I cut that in half because we were at five. So that'd have been 157,000 minus my credits. You get rent credits, you get security deposit credits, you get some other things in there. So I want to say that my down payment on buying this property was like a little over $110,000. 
When I got to the closing table and this guy, this deep pockets guy looked at the closing statement, he was upset. Number one, we were sitting at like a six foot closing conference table at the title company. To me, this table should have been like 50 feet long because that's what it felt like because this guy was here with his attorney. I was by myself and he's pounding on the table. He's like, how did you do this? He's holding papers in the air and he's like, how did you do this? How did you do this? And so what he meant was, how am I buying this $3.15 million asset for a little over 110000 out of my pocket? When I told him that it was interesting because I got him calmed down a little bit. I explained what happened. I explained, you know, I went to my bank, talked to him about debt service coverage ratio. It really services the debt. And he actually tried to hire me at that point. He tried to hire me for his other business. And I said, you know, I can't come to work for you, but I think I made some smart ass comment that maybe even upset him more. I said, I can't come to work for you. I can mentor you though, kind of thing like that. Anyway, I don't think that went very well. But in a sense that, yeah, this was a really good learning lesson for me because what I found also was I was educating all these people, including my banker, including the seller, including the surveyor, all these people in this process of what I was doing. And it really worked out well. That really did a lot to propel my career with assets that I'd buy and driving value and the different ways that I would use exit strategies with them. Well, Johnny D, that's an amazing deal. So in the end, you were able to have the surveyor and do the lot split for 45 different duplexes, and then you sold them off one at a time? Yeah. Yep. Actually, I was speaking a lot at that time. I went to an event. That property, I want to say was in 06. You can think back about what the market was doing, if you guys remember that. And I went to an event because there was not you know, there was inventory on the market more than there is today, but the lending was so like free flowing, even more free flowing than today. Now we have our challenges today, but back then it was like that. We sold all of these in a matter of days and we closed on all of these in a matter of days and it worked out really, really well. So I've used that technique over and over and over again. What a crazy deal. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, John, really appreciate it. That's a very interesting strategy and a very a, good good ideas for our listeners, for sure. Yeah, that was a new one for me. So very impressive. Cool. cool. Well, well, John, uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, how would someone reach out and get a hold of you? Yeah, if they just go to johndestower.com, it's a really great way to get a hold of me. I'm on social media under John Destower. There's not too many of us, so you can find me pretty easy there. And however it can help, I'd be glad to do it. Well, again, John, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. You got it. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community of investing knowledge for growth. We hope that this episode has increased your knowledge and added value to your path to freedom. If you would, please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. If you or someone that you know wants to be on, please visit westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form to be on the show. Thank you again and enjoy your day.